1: Megan and Tooney, and Guest will make three, Goddamn Army, MASH Alright,
2: let's fire this one up because uh, we got, there's going to be a lot of hate in this one. We, we gotta talk about hate.
1: MASH, we gotta, yep. and we sound so enthused. You wouldn't know it from my tone of voice, but... This is MASH Minute, what I usually call a fabulous podcast that analyzes the Robert Altman film one minute at a time from 1970. And I'm Tierney Steele. And
0: I'm Megan Coleman.
2: And I'm Paul Sullivan, the creator of Sully Baseball.
1: And that's all well and good, but this is Minute 25, which starts with Painless and Vulner peering through the operating room door's window... Yeah. Whoa, that's a phrase <laughs> to watch Trapper John operate and answer the PA announcer stumbling over a medical word, and that's yeah. all well and good, but this minute sucks.
0: Yeah, it doesn't it? Didn't age so well, did it? Yeah. To put it mildly.
2: <laughs> and it's yes. funny that there is a line in the surgery scene that does cra- that does to this day crack me up, which is as Trapper's there and he says. If this guy knew the clowns who were operating I think he'd faint. And then Ugly John says, I think he has. I mean, that is a really funny exchange. And if they cut to the next scene at that moment, this would be a wonderful scene. But unfortunately, the nurse...
1: Maybe, I don't even like that. That feels like a laugh track moment, but maybe it's because the scene keeps going and there almost is a beat where in the TV show, when it was aired, that's where the laugh track would go. I yeah. hate that. It's so, like, this so-called jo- like, it's a terrible joke. And you can tell a terrible joke in this movie and have it be funny that it's terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there is a way to sell that. Like you I, said, maybe with different editing?
2: Maybe. I just think that there is a gallows humor to that mm-hmm. moment that they're, you know, they're cutting open this guy's chest. And they're cracking jokes as they're doing it. I mean, that's a tone of the film yeah. right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But then. But then, Trapper insults Leslie, who I is the nurse that I've specifically called out as being awesome in an earlier scene when they're doing the triage, and she's supporting a guy who's got like six inches of height on her, and who knows how many pounds, and has in no way shown herself to be a bad nurse, at all. Yeah. She um, seems to be
0: totally competent.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah. What the is this guy's problem? And the fact, you know what? Actually, it doesn't even bother me because if it had just been Trapper, I would have just assumed like, whatever, Trapper's a joke or Trapper's a jerk. We know he doesn't respect women. Blah, blah, blah. It's that Hawkeye gets all over her too on his behalf.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For those of you playing along at home wondering what the hell we're talking about. um, (laughs) He says when she was slow giving him a suture, Mm something in front of everyone with everyone watching he says it's a good thing you have a nice body nurse otherwise we get rid of you quick and that line uh no matter how good a surgeon you are would get you fired today
1: yeah well first he has that attitude like come on i and i i could get that that thing hawkeye even before he says that says keep ahead of him baby will you we need a couple more stitches in there it's like (laughs) middle fingers all around, and, that, and then, and then, yeah, Trapper. The, it's a good thing you have a nice body, or we get and uh, and then Duke tries to make the insult, because he's like, "Don't stick me," which also un- an insult to the nurse. And that's when Duke says, "Keep it clean," and everyone <laughs> kind of laughs. And
0: this this whole minute
1: is just like things that are supposed to be funny not hitting me right at all because I even hate the enlisted man make the stitches bigger.
2: Yeah, that's not as problematic to me. As... No,
1: it's not problematic, but it's... It, again, it's that gallows humor, which you almost could... Because the whole reason is that they'll not heal as... he will get out. It, it just pisses me off. I don't know. Yeah. I just hate it. I'm so happy at the end of this minute when we leave this operating room.
2: <laughs> you know, the, it's so funny how... You know, I look back, as I mentioned in one of the previous minutes that I appeared in, how much this film meant to me growing up Mm -hmm. and how much I loved this film growing up. When I look back and now at some of the lines that used to make me laugh out loud laughing that I now look at and go like, oh, man, how did I not, you know, was was I just, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I look at now, like, that line probably used to make me laugh. Like, that was a sign of, you know, his, I don't care what anyone thinks about me attitude. But now I look at it, it's just such a, a horrible thing to say in, in every way, shape, or form. And this is not me being politically, I hate the term, like, oh, I'm not politically correct. No, sometimes people who complain about political correctness are usually people who are saying, like, why can't I just say that? Why can't I just say to a woman, if you didn't have a nice body, you would probably, because that's a sh** to say. And it has nothing to do with political correctness, it has to do with being an asshole. Yeah, and I find that most people complain about political correctiveness if you look not even beneath the surface You just look on the surface what they're saying is why can't I be an asshole? I like being an asshole and the answer to that is because being an asshole is very unpleasant and I think about this. I think about the the shower flap scene with hot lips Something like where she's screaming and crying and that's Mm -hmm. like the that's the bring down the, the house laugh of the movie And I used to be someone who laughed right along with that. And I feel, I look at that going like, man, I hope I'm a better person now. Like if I saw that, if I saw this movie now for the first time, like I didn't have all the baggage and nostalgia that I have with it now, I would probably hate this movie. Or I would see the problems with the film. I would probably say, oh, I admire it. I admire the technique and everything, but it's so misogynistic that I can't enjoy the film. So I watch the film now, where I enjoy it because I remember how much I loved it growing up. But I also watch it with a sense of, man, this is not something you can make now, and that's probably a good thing.
1: <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, Altman has a very twisty-in-the-wind way of saying it's not that he he does not think Women should be treated this way. He is portraying how women are treated.
2: Yeah, and... yeah, but, he, but I'm not going to let Altman off the hook because he does okay. make he does make the antagonist of the film Margaret Houlihan. Yeah, and Margaret Houlihan doesn't become redeemed until she <laughs> Duke, and it takes it takes Duke f***ing <laughs> her to make us feel accepting of a woman. As an authority figure, and then turns her into a buffoon oh, yeah. during the football sequence. Yeah. You know when she comes running and screaming after the shower flap, and say, like, "You let them get away with everything." Mm-hmm. That was a bring down the house laugh moment in 1970 when this came out. Now that would be, and you know, of course she received she did receive an Academy Award nomination for this film, and and, and I think deservedly so. I think she's fantastic yeah. in the film, but now that would be. The you let you know this that would be a harrowing scene of she yeah. comes to the executive officer after these people did a sexual assault on her, basically, mm-hmm. and the commanding officer doesn't give, yeah. And the move, we, we look at it as love from it,
1: her to Leslie's reaction to her,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. More wine, thank you. I mean, it's and yeah, the whole scene, you know, even later when. They're talking about when, she, you know, she writes the letter to Major Hammond.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: they're talking about stuff. And then Henry says to General Hammond, what about Major Houlihan? No. And he says, ah, hot lips, screw her. I mean, there's there's there are things that used to get laughs from me that I look at go, man, yeah. this is about screw a woman in authority who wants to be treated with dignity. You know, yeah. she's not redeemed until she becomes and, and that will humiliate who has who is not asexual, like she and, she and Frank shack up, but mm. it's exposing that to the world, like you're a person of authority, but you're also a sexual person, and that's something we're gonna mock. So, yeah. You know, calling her hot lips is to say, oh, you think you're a person of authority? No, you're just a sexual woman. And that's not a subtle-
1: If they could've let her be both, she could've been <laughs> this icon. Yeah,
2: she could've been this sexy-
1: that's why Your I love woman in charge. Oh God, the scene with her and Frank. I, we should have just had you on this wh- the whole thing, but whatever. <laughs> I, I I have my nose. I'm like, this is why she likes Frank. She gets exactly what she wants, and then she like leaves and when he crosses his legs. She's walking, she's just like, that was great. All right, I'm done now. Yep. It's <laughs> Like, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a wonder. I mean, it's an amazing performance she gives in the film. It, and it's such a different performance than Loretta Swit. And it's such a it's such a different type of performance. But when you really think about how problematic it is when the whole shower scene later, that, that what it is that we're, we're laughing at, we're laughing that we're showing, we're going to mm-hmm. show you stark naked, and this is who you really are, and we don't respect anything else that you're not. i would
1: like to see your pubes, please.
2: Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and that is...
1: The iconic scene that everyone thinks of from this movie. Right,
2: and uh, that's a little problematic.
1: Yeah. Well, see, it's supposed to be... It's okay because there are girls laughing too, obviously. Yeah,
2: of course. Well, that makes it okay.
1: That's supposed to be the get out of jail. And I will say, <laughs> the thing that makes me laugh the hardest now when I watch that scene, because I do still laugh, it's not the shower. I mean, like... I kind of, the smile still flickers across my face when the bench falls, because that's just like, <laughs> of course. But when the nurses do run up to help her and are trying to gather up her clothes and hand them to her, and she's just like, Keep my stuff! It's like, and she's like barefoot running over to Henry. Like, that's yeah. the moment where, that I get some enjoyment out of that, of her just being like, oh, it is over.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And unfortunately, it's not because, again, problematic movie. But, <sighs> but there, there is a second. There was just like, and now she's going to murder you all, yep. and you deserve it.
2: <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yep. Keep it clean.
1: <laughs> Never, not in this movie.
2: <laughs> Good well, luck and with I, that.
1: I run into the same thing. I am horrified. Literally before, when did the, like, a BuzzFeed or a Medium article come out? I grew up with a massive crush on Jake Ryan from 16 Candles. I actually did have people forget my 16th birthday. And I had a crush on a guy named Jake who drove a red car. Not that red car, but I'm just saying, like, a lot was (laughs) happening in my life. And I loved 16 Candles. Jake Ryan was the perfect man as far as I was concerned. And it never even occurred to me that... His girlfriend does just like she, yeah, she gets drunk and she likes partying at her boyfriend's house. Like that, she's not staggering out in the streets or anything.
2: Yeah, it, right. it
1: never even occurred to me that Jake Ryan is problematic.
2: Can I uh, can I make a confession here? It's not really a yeah, confession, sure. It's just a- yeah. I've never seen 16 cabins.
1: Um, I have,
0: but it was so long ago that I don't really know what Tierney's talking about, so it might as well be that I haven't either. Well, so. Some and, people will I'm sorry, Tierney. And, <laughs> and I, I
2: grew up in the 80s, and there was a lot, of, and I was in the exact wheelhouse for John Hughes films. And I saw Breakfast Club, I saw Pretty in Pink, and I saw Ferris Bueller. And what they all had in common for me was I hated all three of them. <laughs>
1: So, oh, so you're the one <laughs> and you know, i know
2: and it's like i am the i mean i was in like junior high where those films came out mm-hmm. and every time i saw the new john hughes film and everyone told me you gotta see breakfast club i saw breakfast club and i hated all the kids i said i have no i don't feel any relationship to any of these kids i thought ferris bueller was a jerk and i thought i couldn't have cared less about anybody in pretty and pink but to me i grew up such a fan of like spielberg and Lucas films. And what I loved about specifically Spielberg films, he, but also like also Stephen King films, were they took something very familiar, like the suburbs or something mundane, whether it's a car or a TV or whatever, and turned it into something either wondrous or terrifying. And to me, a John Hughes film was like, let's take that thing that's mundane and keep it mundane. And I kept it's like every one of these films. Like, what would a Spielberg film be like if ET didn't show up? It would be a John Hughes film. And you know what? I don't have to go see a John Hughes film. I'm living in John Hughesville. I'm in I'm in junior high school. I want to see an alien show up or a Ghostbuster show up or something. That's what I want to see when I go to the goddamn movies, not to see a <laughs> bunch of teenagers. You want tough being a teenager? <laughs> yeah, it is tough being a teenager. That's why I plopped down this money to see Gremlins. I don't want to go see like a bunch of yeah the guy doesn't like me. yeah the guy doesn't like me. So let's see Cocoon or something else that's cool, not something that is, you know, imagine Back to the Future without the DeLorean. It's just about Marty McFly who befriends this weird doctor <laughs> and has an unhappy home at life.
1: I'm looking up who did The Sure Thing to see if you liked it. Rob Reiner. Oh, um, well, Ro- uh, The Sure Thing. a Because that's a road trip movie. Yeah, but
2: and that's also a great movie. I mean, that's also, it, it introduced us to the genius of John Cusack and of uh, Daphne Zuniga, who oh, God, uh, just was so much. in love with her. That's a really funny movie. I mean, it's... God,
1: The Sure Thing, that's my recommendation for this Little, yeah. Yeah. Go watch the Sure Thing. Not yeah. enough people have seen it. Everyone can talk about John Hughes movies, and
2: yeah, the Sure Thing is I, wonderful. And
1: I'm so excited I found someone else who understands yeah. that.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that was a big thing for Rob Reiner because he had done All the Family, obviously as an actor, mm-hmm. and then he did This is Spinal Tap, which was not a huge hit when it came out. It was, it was, but it's a great movie. But that was his first like straightforward narrative film. Which was like I'm going to just make a movie, not like an improv film where they kept shooting and shooting and shooting and it's shooting for
1: emergencies only. <laughs> and
2: emergencies. Oh my god! And you know, then that was just a, a really good movie. And then the film he did after that was Stand by Me, which is one of the best films of the decade. And you know, oh, th- I mean, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's. A, I mean, I haven't seen it for years. I remember when I saw it, I thought it was I was just blown away by it. And that's
1: see, a sp- my problem is I knew it before I saw it and so it just didn't impress like I'm just watching it like this is like this is the movie and I'm just like and now I've seen it
2: (laughs) yeah I I, it was like oh the guy who did uh, Meathead made a film based on a Stephen King book but it's not a horror movie oh I'll see it so that's what I knew going into it so that's probably how you should go into it
1: yeah you need to be able to wipe your mind
2: we're just gonna do anything but talk about this minute aren't we we're gonna yes I'm quite
1: enjoying this We're
2: (laughs) we're gonna start talking about recipes pretty soon um,
1: uh, I make a pretty mean chili, but it's not very hot. But you can add more spices to it. <laughs> well, I'll tell
2: you something. My mother, taught right. me how, My mother, who is of uh, Italian descent, taught me how to cook when I was in high school. And the first thing she taught me how to cook is eggplant parmesan. Now, there's something you should know about eggplant parmesan. And do me a favor, make sure this episode is entitled Eggplant Parmesan. <laughs> but <laughs> here's the thing about eggplant parmesan. There's no such thing as mediocre eggplant parmesan. There's only fantastic eggplant parmesan or scrape my tongue and end my life. This is so horrible eggplant parmesan. No one's ever had said, hey, do you have that eggplant parmesan? Yeah, it was okay. No one's ever said that sentence. And part of the problem is is that people don't drain the eggplant properly. You have to slice the eggplant thin, you bread it, and then you put it in a bowl and you put something heavy on top of it to get a lot of the bitter liquid out of it because a lot of times when you don't do that you get it very mushy and very bitter
0: there's nothing worse than mushy eggplant oh there it's really the worst. isn't. it's the worst
2: now, my mom my mother makes eggplant like chips that, that are amazing that i could eat like i could eat like they're potato chips but when you get a bad piece of eggplant you know I, i'd rather eat a shoe i remember when we had I grew up eating eggplant parmesan at our house, and there was a restaurant in Waltham, Massachusetts, which was the town right next to the town I grew up in, that served eggplant parmesan. They did it great. So I just assumed as a kid, if you order that, you'll get something wonderful. And I went down to Connecticut to visit my grandparents. We went to an Italian restaurant. I said, I shall order the eggplant parmesan. And they gave it to me, and they didn't drain it properly. And it was like battery acid. It was awful. And I couldn't, this is, how, how do you, and so I asked my mom, why was that so terrible? And she showed me how to make it. And so to this day, I know how to cook a lot of things, but the first thing she taught me how to cook was eggplant parmesan. And we're talking about that instead of this problematic.
1: <laughs> yep. I'm trying to think, I, I know many recipes associated with mash, but none that are in any way applicable to this minute. And that's why we don't want to
0: talk about it. <laughs> I do have one kind of, it's a kind of a lesser thing compared to everything else we've talked about in terms of mm-hmm. problematic things. But um, I have a note about how I think it's about like minute, like not minute, the fifty-six seconds in or so. Somebody says, "Does anyone know if this is the officer an officer or enlisted man?" And they're like, "Oh no, it's an enlisted man." They're like, "Oh, just make the stitches big." Yeah. And that kind of annoyed me. Like, I mean, I know the whole point of a mash is meatball surgery, and it's to keep you alive and not pretty. But it was just sort of like, oh, yeah, so everyone's getting crapped on this minute. But, yeah.
1: I don't have as much of
2: a problem with that, because I really don't think they were going to do that. I just think that that was just... Just like a... Yeah, remember... But then it's
1: annoying that that's a joke, because they all laugh, and he's not... You don't feel like he's the type of person who would...
2: Yeah. Do you want this do you want this is this let's tie it back here.
1: There are then, minute
2: there are minutes in this movie that are like the eggplant Parmesan that is good. Yes. And this <laughs> is like this is like the eggplant Parmesan. This minute is like the eggplant Parmesan that they didn't drain properly and it's very bitter and that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And that's exactly see, I had to figure you out You
1: did how, it! It's bitter.
2: How do I how do I tie this into eggplant Parmesan? I may have to drop the mic and say, I got nothing else to add to this bit.
1: Mic drop. No, that was beautiful. That worked perfectly. I love it. <laughs> I feel really disingenuous telling our listeners where they can find us to find more of this quality content. But I will just say, we've got some real eggplant parmesan for you okay. <laughs> at mashminute.com and at mashminute on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> We also have a Facebook group. Megan, can you say it yet without looking? Because I have to do it really slowly. It's the Post Ep Ward. The MASH Minute Listeners Post Ep Ward. It's a closed Facebook group for talking about, like, hey, remember back in that great minute when Tierney asked what's behind Hawkeyes? like?" Do you know what it is? Yeah, please
0: tell me. I still I still have looked at it. I've tried zooming it in. It's driving me nuts.
1: So so uh, like stuff like that, like fun things.
0: Or like the Seth Meyers Boston accent trailer that you should totally see because it is amazing. I don't care if it's four years old. I think everyone should see it.
1: You mean when we run on Duncan? (laughs) When (laughs) we run on Duncan,
0: or there's the or there's the British accent actor who insists on using a British accent and then occasionally slips into Boston. <laughs> if you're confused by what I'm saying, you should just go to the Facebook group and find it.
2: Please do. Yeah.
0: Please do.
1: And Sully, tell the people where they can find you. It's like New York and Boston. It's just crap. Oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't, don't even have mix a Boston those Boston
2: two accent. up. That's you what... Know, well, Says
0: the Great Sox it. fan yeah. who's married to a Yankees fan. Just don't mix those
2: two up. Megan, just don't you
1: know, know I have a lot of respect for your husband's Long Island relatives. Long okay? Island when they talk, drink coffee in the Long Island
0: Expressway. The Long Island... Yeah.
2: Just... Use this will be my direction to every actor ever just use your voice Unless you're Meryl Streep or your Christian Bale who seem to be the only two actors who can be able to pull it off Just use your voice because we know we know what you sound like and when you go to like ah I'm gonna go get my car and go, go I'm one of the departed. I'm gonna go to Mystic River I'm gonna you know like no no stop it Stop it now.
1: I totally had a note earlier in this minute, and I've there was never a good time to say it, so I'll just be super awkward and drop it in here. Done. When you were talking earlier this minute, there was a timbre in your voice, or maybe that's the wrong musical word, where you did sound like Elliot Gould. I was like, you did it. I don't know about mustaches, but you have achieved your childhood <laughs> dream.
2: <laughs> a boy can dream. Uh. <laughs> yeah i can uh, uh i'll forward you a picture of me and in, in one of my many mustaches i've had in my life <laughs> please please drain the eggplant before you Make <laughs> eggplant talk parmesan. in
1: your own voice and drain the eggplant if you
2: heard anything
0: the, from this minute
2: <laughs> now by the way with the emoji of what an eggplant is draining in an egg, eggplant has an entirely oh, yeah. different meaning now and that's not at all what i was trying to imply <laughs>
1: Oh, is that not what I should be tweeting when this episode airs? Probably Paul not.
2: Sullivan, Paul Sullivan tells how his mother taught him to drain his eggplant.
1: <laughs> that,
0: that that might be awkward.
2: No, no, we're not gonna do that. No. We're not
0: gonna do but,
2: that. Uh, no, we're just a about eggplant from a job, because that's what it is. Yep. But like yep. like the emoji, that eggplant also could be either really pleasurable or bitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get back to it. You gotta edit this out, Territories. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and do some plugs, um, not of emojis, but of yourself.
2: Follow me on Sully Baseball and you'll learn where I'm existing in the podcast. world. baseball wise, I may be up to something new. Uh, And also uh, subscribe to the podcast Real Crime Profile through the Wondering Network, which is a really good real crime podcast for those of you who enjoy those. And uh, there may be some more stuff, but if you follow me at Sully Baseball, you know what? You'll just enjoy life a little
1: better. I mean, I know my life has just vastly improved.
2: Done. And that's all I got.